Hi everyone, I'm Trevor Marlin here and this is the Shop23 podcast by creatives for creatives. I'm Shock23 and this is the Shock23 podcast. This is the podcast by creatives for creatives where I talk with other people in the creative and the media spaces and we share our knowledge and our experience. My guest for today is none other than someone who has worked his way up from the sidelines capturing the beautiful sport of rugby league. He started off um, as a hobbyist and now has landed himself one of his dream clients. He's from Native Naka Visuals. It's none other than Trevor Mullen. Hey Trevor, welcome to the show. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, uh, Chen. Yeah, this is a long time coming. I, I needed to have you on this show. We have a lot to talk about. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, feel free to open up, relax. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, this is good. Sorry, anyway, sorry, I'm just pretty, really nervous. That's all. Nah, no worries. We'll just go with the flow. Anyway, before we go into our discussion, here is a word from our sponsor. The Shock 23 podcast is proudly sponsored by Smart Hills Corporate Solutions. Smart Hills Corporate Solutions provide IT solutions for corporate businesses and creatives like myself. They provide a wide range of products and services and are certified resellers of software such as Microsoft Office, Adobe Creative Cloud, Wondershare, and more. To find out more, please visit their website on www.smartheels.com.pg. Now back to the show. And we're back. So for those people who don't know you, can you please introduce yourself? Um, hello, everyone. So my name is um, Trevor Mullen. Um, as Chen mentioned, I'm from Native Naka Visuals, which is the name of my business. Um, well, not just mine, but me and my co-owner. Our partner um so basically we do sports media that's our area of focus but that's which we're trying to streamline into um but we do different media since we started um i'm from western province as well um uh yeah i mean what else do i <laughs> do i say about myself so you guys do mainly photography and videography or just photography uh, mainly Mainly photography and graphics. Graphic okay. design, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, videography, a bit of videography, but um, not 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 much of it. We're trying to get into that as well. Um, still trying to find someone to do video for us full time. Mm. So for those of you who don't know, um, it's it's good to have you on the show because it's uh, you have some exciting news that I think a lot of people are not um, familiar with. Um, for Anyone who doesn't know, um, Trevor is basically the person who captures all the photos of every game, every home game for um, who's been doing it for like the Dabaris team, yes, yes. the Central Dabaris and Digital Cup, Digital Cup, and then home now and away. home and away, and, away. Yeah, yeah. and also you've do, done, and now you're going to be doing the same thing for the SP Hunters and the PNG Kumuls as well, the Orchids too. Yes, um, yeah. Orchids as well. Um, so we, st- we started doing, um, for the SP hunters this year, I mean, 2023, um, all their home games. Uh, we, so we got engaged this year to do that. That was a huge, um, milestone for us, like an achievement. And just recently we started doing, um, coverage for the PNG Kumuls and uh, PNG Orchids as well, which is the female uh, national rugby team. Yeah. How has that been like? Uh, 
just unreal. Uh, yeah. Uh, when we started, you know, actually shooting, uh, it didn't really, you know, the feeling didn't really settle in yet that though we actually, we're actually doing what we've been working towards. Uh, we actually achieved one of our goals, like our biggest goal, especially if you're like in rugby league in PNG, like hunters, kumuls, orchids, like that's the top, you know. It doesn't get any higher than that. That's the, these are the national teams of the country, like in, in terms of rugby league. And well, rugby league is our national sport. So, you know, that's like the top of it all for us. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I have to like sometimes just sit back and then, you know, just think about it. And like, we actually like, we actually got there. Like, it's, it's actually real, you know, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. As someone who's been following your social media post, I think um, it clicked for me when you posted your car park pass for yeah. the hunters. And then like the caption was like, we've been working so hard for this. How long did it take you f- to land like um, the hunters and the Kumuls as your clients? Um, so we started, we started the whole sports photography journey in 2019 um, with the central Dabaris. So it's been, yeah. How many years since 2019? Like four? Three, yeah. four? Yeah, so that long. Wow. How did you start with the Central Dabaris? Um, it's, it's a bit funny because um, I didn't, you know, approach them officially or through any sort of email or like that. Um, they, I was watching, you know, just following um, teams on Facebook you know, the latest developments in rugby and all that, um, especially with Digital Cup and trying to see which team, like, I could work my way into and, you know, try to get a whole, like, a long-term contract with them. Um, backstory, I I started with, uh, I tried to get my way into a different team before the Central Dabaris. It was a team that my uh, older brother, cousin brother, was playing for. And I just wanted to go and like take pictures of him. And also that team was from a province that I was from. Um, but uh, I, for them, like I actually, like I reached out to them and they didn't respond. So I was like, okay, forget that. Let, forget that first choice. Let me look at other options. And then the central Dubberies, they were bidding to join the Digital Cup. And then they actually won the bid. And then they were going to have a team the following year in 2019. So twenty. 2018, they had the trials at Bava Park. And I was like, I'm just going to go turn up and take pictures and post and then hope it catches their attention. And then they reach out to me or something. So that's what I did. I just got my camera, went to Bava Park, took pictures of the trial matches, posted it on my, posted it on my page. And then they, they saw it, like it caught their attention. They reached out to me to buy some of the images. And then I told them, um, they were trying to buy like a couple of the images. Like I said, I can just give you the whole bunch for like this amount. Like it was a really reasonable amount. And so, yeah, that's how, you know, conversation started and yeah, things got on from there, moved on from there. So you've basically been with the team since they started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really good to grow with like a, a client and to grow with people and for you to be there at the early age. Is sports photography something that you've always wanted to do? Um, no, sports photography wasn't um, something that I wanted to do. 
Um, like as I mentioned, I I just wanted to take. I took up sports photography because I wanted to take pictures of my older brother playing in uh, Digicel Cup. I just wanted to take uh, take pictures of him. Um, but then the the interest grew on from there. After like when I started actually clicking the the shutters and look look seeing the pictures, I was like, whoa, this is good. Like they actually freeze the action and then you know, something that you don't get to see when you're watching the game because everything's just going so fast. But when you can actually take a picture and freeze that moment, it's just something special. So from then on, like I just fell in love with it. I was like, okay, I I need to I need to pursue this because this is really interesting. Yeah, especially since um, because you you get it from angles like just directly from the the sideline. Yeah. So you, those are not the angles that you see on TV when you're watching on TV. There's uh, the cameras are set up in specific places that yeah. capture the action. Yeah. But for you to be in the in the in the actual in zone and to get all of the the action and you know capture those really nice shots, yeah, um, yeah it's such a it's such a privilege to be around that. Have you always been into photography? How did you get into photography? Um, I got into photography back in 2000 and 2014, and that was when I was doing my first year uh, in, at TBTI, uh, Don Bosco Technological Institute. Uh, I didn't own a camera. My friend owned a my friend owned a camera, and but he he wasn't that you know into taking pictures. I mean, so was I. But I said I I volunteered to be the group photographer so i told him bro let me let me take pictures let me try out your camera it was those um digital digital cameras you didn't you know it didn't have this interchangeable lenses mm, not the dslrs are there's the normal digital digital mm-hmm. zoom in zoom out yeah there's 20 times 10 times zoom cameras there so i just started taking pictures and what got me hooked on it was seeing the reaction of my friends and whoever, like I took pictures of. And then when I showed them the pictures, like they'd be so happy and like, oh, this is so cool. I like this picture, send me this picture. Like it was just that reaction. Like it's sort of similar to like when you give something to someone, like when you give them a gift and then that joy you get out of like seeing them happy receiving that gift. It was the same with like the pictures that I took, just seeing the reaction of my friends and whoever else I took pictures of. Like that reaction, it, it it was fulfilling for me. So that's what got me started on, on this journey, I guess. Wow, that sounds cool. Like, I think if that's how everybody starts with photography. I think they just start with um, just being the person who likes to take photos in the group, and then growing themselves into something bigger. When did you decide to pursue it as a business? Um. I'd say back in 2017, 2017, that was when I bought my first camera. Um, I didn't really like pursue it as a business business. It was more like just something to make some extra bucks on the side just to have that uh, buffer, you know, especially living in more speeds, really expensive. Yeah. yeah. The economy is really bad nowadays. Yeah, really bad. Cost of living is skyrocketing. So, yeah. It, That's a topic for another <coughs> podcast. <coughs> You're good? <laughs> Let's not get into that. But, yeah. So, basically, um, I started in 2017 just to, you know, make some bucks on the side. Um, actually, I didn't really have that thought myself to to get paid doing it. I just took photos 
um, until some, I think it was one of my colleagues from work. Um, she had her daughter's birthday and she, she asked me to go and take some pictures and she asked me how much would I charge? And I was like, um, I've never charged anyone, so I don't know how much I'll charge you. And then she said, okay, I'll pay you this. And then I said, okay, cool. You know, like chance coins. Yeah, it's like chance coins, uh, you know, and I only had one camera, one lens. So it wasn't a big, you know, fuss for me to like try to charge. Cause you know, I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Like, and like at that time I was like, oh, that's good money, you know? Yeah. So that's how I started. And then you just grew it. And then um, you, your business is a partnership, yes? The Native Naka's visuals. Yes, yes, that's correct. How did uh, that partnership start? Um, so it started with the Central Dabaris. Um, so when I had my, I had a friend. He's, uh, so we both went to school together at uh, Don Bosco. So he's, he's good with graphics. He does, he does most of, uh, not most, but all, all the graphics for our company, our business. Um, at first, we, we weren't uh, a partnership when we started. I mean, we weren't officially like business partners. We we're just friends. Um, so what, what happened was uh, I'd send work to him. Like if I had any graphics work that I needed to do, like clients, I just tell him, hey, bro, I have a client for you. And like, that's, that's you now. That's your client. And so we started with the central libraries. Like when, when I got on board with them, I told them that, Hey, I have a friend that does graphics as well. So he could help with some of the lineups, the scorecards, match promotions. And they were like, yeah, sure. You know, get him on board as well. So that's how I got Lincoln on board. And then when we, as the business started to evolve a bit, now I told him we've, we've been doing this for a while. So why don't we make it official? Uh, let's, you know, register business together and be business partners. So yeah, that's how that started. Nice. So you guys have a really good working like relationship together. Yes. yes ah, it's nice. It's always good too. So you just, so you guys are focusing more on photography and graphic design yes. services. Did you have to um, learn? Where did you have to learn like photography to better your skills? What are some of the things that you did to improve yourself? I think I, Probably what everyone else is doing. It's the YouTube, yeah, the University YouTube, of YouTube. University of YouTube. Um, just to find in, finding creators on YouTube that are, you know, that are putting out or doing photography that's in line with what you're interested or passionate about. Yeah, that helps a lot. So that means you were just studying people who were taking photos of like sports or rugby. No, at that, at the time when I started, like I I was still finding my niche. Mm. Yeah, so I was just basically watching any any photographer on on um, YouTube. YouTube, yeah. yeah, just to learn about because it's a yeah. it's a really big thing as well. Like the the topic, it's broad, <clears throat> and then you have to learn about the different lenses and the different settings on your camera. And yeah, uh, it's it's. I'm uh, still learning uh, the different settings on my camera because right? so, you guys are always in, like um, upgrading your equipment as well. And then like technology is just advancing and then like AI comes in as well and it has its part to play in technology too. So yes. I think it's going to be a constant learning for all of us. Yeah, that's correct. How how's, has the experience been so far, like working with the Dabaris? Um, it's, it's been really fun because uh, one thing I enjoy with the Dabaris is that um, they allow... Like they allow us, they give us a lot of freedom to mm. do what we want. And um, they always um, welcoming of our ideas. 
of what type of content we should do, some new content. They're always supporting us and whatever we need in terms of um, if we need to pull a player here and there to do this and that, or we need this time. And also like, um, yeah, during the busy schedules, like they, uh, we, they still give us time to go out there and shoot our content, collect our content and all that. They always support our ideas. So it's, it's, it makes our job easier. Yeah. And they, they don't really, they don't try to control how mm. we, how we create, like how creative we, we want to get, like they allow us to be as creative as we want. Oh, that's, yeah. that sounds like a really dream client to work with. Yeah, They're just yeah, someone yeah. who just gives you the free reign to, to be as creative as you can. Yeah. They obviously are benefiting <laughs> from it. So it sounds like you guys are also managing like their social media in a way or the content for them. Yes, yes, yeah, that's correct. So that's sort of what we've also added into our business. Um, like our services, mm-hmm. we manage social media content for our clients. Um, not like 100%, but just what we create for them, like the photos, the graphics. Uh, so they give us access to post that up mm-hmm. whenever we want to post it up. Um, especially while it's still relevant. Like if they train today, we go take pictures mm-hmm. and we post it up today. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like so you guys do the, the lives, like the halftime score graphics and all of that team lineups on game day, things like that. Yep. 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 Ah, yep. nice. I love that. It's good. But you guys don't actually manage like the social media, like do things like analytics and things like that. It's just creating the content yeah, and just, just posting. And they're responsible for whatever the metri- uh, like the feedback from all of that. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like you guys don't manage content, uh, comments and all of that. No, no. Yeah, really. no. That would be like a hectic thing to do. No. <laughs> it's how passionate supporters are. <laughs> Very passionate. Um, what are some of the challenges that you've been facing while doing like as a sports photographer? Um, challenges, challenges. Because this is not your full-time, like this is a side hustle. Yes. You yes. still have a full-time job. Yes. Yes. So in terms of that or just the. Uh, Either uh, or. Yeah. Let's talk about like how you, how are you balancing that with your full-time job? Okay. So, well, the good thing is that with, Rugby, rugby, like the digital cup and that, the games are on the weekends. So it doesn't really clash with my work schedule because I don't work on the weekends. It's just weekdays. So even the traveling, the traveling doesn't affect because you guys do away games as well. Yes, yes. So we usually travel like the games on a Sunday. We travel on a Saturday. Okay. Yeah. It's just a returning, um, it's just a return trip. It's usually on Mondays. So that bit, like I have to make up for it. Like if I come in, but they, the flights are in the morning, but it's just when they get delayed because mm. that's like typical of. That's you know, another topic as well. Yeah, it's typical <laughs> of uh, flights in PNG. So when they get delayed and when I go into work, like if I go in after lunch or like that, then I have to make up for it. I just stay until like seven, eight o'clock cover for those hours that I missed and then yep so we're good so you're just full on yeah when the rugby season is on it's just basically full on yeah yeah yeah. but it's like I love um, rugby as well so that's like a bonus for me because you know I enjoy it so I actually look forward to Mm. the the season starting and all that so it's like therapy for me (laughs) yeah it's good to it's it's good i think that's what a niche is all about eh? like you finding what you're really passionate about and just trying to i mean 
at that level, I don't think it's work anymore. It's just you having fun. Oh yeah, it's fun. And especially like if it's the away games, yeah, when you get to travel, yeah. out, oh, that's like free holiday. And they pay the client pays for the expenses, <laughs> and yeah. it's all expense ah. paid. So, and they're actually one of the few, I think probably one of the only teams that that um, uh, flies their media okay. photographer. Yeah, I, I haven't seen with the other teams that they don't. Uh, they don't fly the photographer or media person around with the team like to mm. all their away games. So I was like, oh, I picked the right team. There you go. <laughs> More like they found you. <laughs> you attracted the right team. <coughs> What's, um, I mean, like on that note, like you've had to, in order for you to get those kind of benefits, you've had to perform at the level that the clients expect. And um, what are some skills that you've learned, like working with clients that help you to like really, um, what's the word, meet their expectations? Some skills. Like, you know, like clients, how to um, create better relationships with the clients. What are some of the things like in terms of like communication or like punctuality? Like what are some of the, in terms of like work ethic mm. to work with a client like that who values your work, who gives you the freedom to be as creative as you want? What are some of the things that you have to do, some of the disciplines that you have to, or the attitudes or the characters that you have to become in order to keep or maintain a relationship like that? Um, are you just a generally nice guy and everybody just wants to work <laughs> with you? <laughs> You know, like, uh, firstly, it's like putting out quality, you know, quality, because that's a representation of the teams. Um, being punctual, punctual is uh, important as well, because, like, when you're, play, when you're dealing with rugby teams, they have a schedule, and they're not going to wait for you. Everything, everything moves in a strict time. The players, they have, they have to train on this day, they rest on this day. Everything moves with you know, clockwork. So you have to be able to work with their time. Um, communicating with the clients, like you've never had any issues, like communicating, like having conversations, like just talking, meeting with the clients. Uh, yeah, with that, uh, usually just the, when we were starting up, you know, trying to understand uh, the program and what what's expected of us. And after we got that, like out of the way, it's just, it's almost like a repeat every yeah. weekend. It's a repeat. So we like we already know what to do, what's expected, and we just go push, push, push content, content, like put it out there. Yeah, but like the main expectation that they they want from us is they just want quality content from you, and you seem to be delivering it on all the time. Yeah. So like the main the main like uh, thing we're trying to do is to put out. To push out content that can pull sponsors. Okay. Yeah. So like the team, it's a it's a product. The players, their products. We need to we need to use that. We need to use that in that way to um, to put out content where that'll like that'll attract sponsors that would wanna wanna sponsor this kind of content, like player of the match mm-hmm. or uh, moment of the match, try of the match. We try to create those kind of content that. To attract sponsors, yeah. Okay, and that in terms helps the team to grow and to become the. I mean, to meet their all their goals. Yes, exactly. It's interesting. It's interesting that um, it's it's. I think like it's it's really nice that 
for you, it, it feels like everything is just systematic and everything is on schedule. So it's kind of like an easy, it's a routine thing. When did you guys think of pursuing like a team like the Hunters or the Kumuls? Was that something that was always in the back of your mind? Or as you guys were growing and doing, uh, creating work for the Dabari, is like that goal. When did you guys start to set those kind of goals? I think probably after an year with the Central Dabaris, and then we started to have bigger goals like, you know, I mean, anyone would have bigger goals like, so probably back in yeah, 2020, after being uh, an year with them, it was like, okay, we, but it wasn't really like a goal that we set that like with steps to get there, mm-hmm. it was just something that we had at the back of our mm-hmm. head. Like, like oh, an idea. Yeah, yeah like, mm-hmm. a, like a dream. Mm-hmm. Like, like we hope we get to, you know, reach that level one day. So, and to do that, we just uh, we just have to keep getting better at what we're doing now. Just keep and... And that was the best thing about working with the Dabaris. Like we were able to be flexible and do a lot and to show and to, let me say, like to practice uh, and to try out different ideas. And if it worked, if it didn't work, it didn't matter because it was still, it was still good content. Mm. So, yeah, but at the back of our mind, we were like, we were trying to impress, you know, we're like, Everyone's watching, like, because mm. in the first year with the Dabaris, we were able to grow their social media. We were able to help grow grow their social media f- from like a hundred, like followers on Facebook to about nineteen thousand. Wow! Just in one one, in one year. year. Yeah. Wow! Because it was just like content, 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 post pictures, like all the time. Yeah. So that you think of it, I think you guys have been like the team has been the most consistent with their content in terms of game day, yeah. like just posting who and the player statistics and all of that. Yeah. Ah, that's and that's like a beast to do. So how do you guys do like how does that workflow flow? Like if you're doing, do you like get a photo on the day and then upload at halftime? How does that work? For like the halftime scores. Yeah, like if you're doing like a graphic or a photo shoot for and like to put like halftime. Do you guys do halftime stats and things like that? Yeah, how does that work? Uh, we don't do halftime stats. Um, we just do the scores. Okay. Like the scores. Because um, stats, like they, if we were able to be supplied with the stats, we would be able to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, because that's like okay. collector stats is not, uh, that's outside of our job. So. Um, but for like the halftime and the full time, like we already have the score card template like ready mm-hmm. and it's on the phone we use like pixar to just uh so i take the picture and i just throw it on my phone and then slap on the graphics put the score and then we post it so you're able to just connect your phone to your camera yes and yes, just yes. get a photo and just upload yeah. ah man it's just like a really nice system that you have in place yes it just makes the, the job really really easy um to do yes i think we were one of the first teams to actually to post um Halftime, full-time scores live, like on the day before the results came out on the official pages and all that, we already posted our full-time and half-time. So that helped with content, um, with traffic as well, because us being able to post before uh, all the uh, other platforms, uh, the sites, that means that more people are sharing our, 
we even had like teams like if we played against this team we even had their supporters sharing Yo, our posts yeah, yeah from our our page the central dabaris page and that's just a good interaction for yeah. the dabaris team so i was gonna ask do you guys have like a content strategy or a content schedule or are you just learning as you go what like do you have a certain day that you post certain graphics or certain posts or is it just go as you i mean you're just going with the flow um before when we started we didn't have um we were still learning as we went along so but as of last year we created a schedule yeah so it it goes in line with the team's um the team schedule the training days um when they actually know the team for that weekend um yeah so it it goes in line with the team schedule so yeah we do have a fixed um, schedule and if there's anything uh like a sponsored event or something that comes up along the during the week they notify us about it so we're able to uh, fit that into the schedule yeah nice so it's it's just seems like the barries were just the training ground for you for you to just make all those mistakes or just learn what works and what doesn't work and you've created a really nice system for yourself so congratulations on that thank you Now, <laughs> yeah it's it's quite an accomplishment to especially to be to work in an environment where everything is just systemized and scheduled it just makes mm-hmm. everything and with the fact that you have a full-time job as well like everything just aligning for you so well done on that it takes a lot of work to actually get everything in sync with that so definitely yeah. i'm yeah. impressed thank you <laughs> so how did you learn how did you land or end up to become um sp hunters um one of the photographers the photographer are you like the photographer or one of the photographers the photographer you're the photographer <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well done for the sp hunters and the png kumuls and octogates yes recently with the png kumuls and octogates as well it's it's a contract basis um So we like contracted by PNG RFL. So as long as that contract is still valid, um then we we the photographer mm-hmm. for the Kumuls and the Orchids as well. So is that a one year contract? Um it's started Am I allowed to ask this question? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. So we just uh we got a three uh three, sorry. That's a dream. <laughs> uh three month contract on probation uh, mm-hmm. which that that ended like this month oh okay yeah so we're looking to renew it uh, but we have to sit with them first mm. yeah and the season's off as well the so everybody is as well so that's why i had to get you on the podcast because when the season's on i won't be seeing you i'll just see you through a social media post so have you have you worked with the hunters this year yes we mm-hmm. worked this 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 year um It's our first season with them, so we worked with them through the whole season, all the home games. All the home games. Were you doing? Are you doing Dabaris as well and SP Hunters, or have you let go of Dabaris? No, uh, we still we still managing both. Okay. Uh, How has that experience been? Um, it's been really good because I I I don't like um, having off days. I'd say so. Um, You're just so, in the thick of it, like just the momentum. Are you yeah, just riding that momentum? Yeah. Uh-huh. So we've been able to manage because. Um, the Dabaris, the the digital cup games the digital cup well it's called the digicel um, exxon mobile, mobile cup, cup now yeah so the digital exxon mobile cup games are they on sundays and the hunters games are on saturdays mm. so that's how we've been able to manage um, yeah so we go do the if the hunters are coming home for the games then we cover the games on saturday and we have to get the images to them on that same day because the next day we have 
the, the Dabaris. The Dabaris. What happens if the Dabaris are away and the hunters are home? So that happened like twice when the Dabaris are away and the hunters were home. Um, was able to fill in for me and okay. cover those games. It's nice. Everything is just falling into place and just working out. It's a good system, mate. Yeah. And then with the Komolt, how has that experience been like? With the recent, um, was it the Pacific Cup? Yes, the Pacific Cup. How was that experience like? Um, it was really something new. Um, the, thing with, the thing is that it was a bit um, a limiting because, um, like, especially for this one, uh, the Pacific Championship, it's, it's in the competition was mostly controlled by NRL. So they had their media guys as well here on, on the ground. And it was, so we weren't like doing 100% mm. of the media um, in terms of like the events and all that. Um, and also like they had the programs on the weekdays. So that was a bit like tough for Challenging me. Challenging for yeah, you. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't go out to those ones. Um, but we we covered all the the games, the matches, so that was good. Like that was a really good experience, and I think the the other part of the experience was the the, the supporters seeing how the supporters react. Like it's different when you're on the field, like on the sidelines, and seeing how the supporters are reacting to the players and all the action. Like that was just something. It's wild, eh? It's it gets wild. wild. It's wild. Like I I used to do um I used to work with TV One and we used to cover the game. So mm-hmm. but it's but I was inside like the control room, okay. so I only see on the screens that I was allowed, but I could hear the crowds. But you're in the thick of things, so yeah. How crazy was the crowd? Those oh. games. It's like it's it's just crazy. Like you you see how they react to the players, especially the players coming up coming from like NRL mm-hmm. and all that. It's just crazy. They're like you know, really passionate. You can see how passionate Papua New Guineans are about the rugby league when it comes to the Kumuls games, and even the even the prime minister's that. <laughs> <laughs> that was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we covered cover that, that one we as well. Covered that that one as well. So that was like that was a sneak peek into the Kumuls. Yeah, yeah. So we see we call them the Kumuls, but they're not the Kumuls when it's PM statin. It's mm. just the PM statin side. Yeah. But you, it's the same faces you yeah. can see. It's most People of them just, see. just associate Kumuls with yeah. anything that's PNG. Anything that's PNG. How how did you find it? Like meeting like all these players from the NRL. Did any of your favorite players come or not? Oh yeah, especially from the Australian <laughs> side. It's always the Australian yeah, side. <clears throat> you know, because I'm a huge Cowboys fan, so I when I met the Cowboys players, oh, that was just that was next level feeling for me. <laughs> was it hard to concentrate and to just get the job done, or was it like you have to be professional? And- oh no, no. When it's when it's like when I'm on the job, it's sometimes I miss those those opportunities to take like pictures with the players and all that like because I'm a very professional when it comes to doing doing our job like we just you know because we, we need to get those yeah. pictures you know we need to get those pictures we need to get those moments those tries so sometimes I regret like oh I should have taken a you know picture with this guy I, I, I should have met this guy but then I was like nah, it's okay we're, we're here to do our job and we need to do our job do you get an opportunity to actually at least meet or chat with any of them uh, I'm not really chat, but take a picture. Yeah, but it was during like uh, an off time, like free time that we had, and yeah, got to do it. Nice. 
what's um what were some of the responsibilities that you were given during like um like NRL hosted matches where the media team comes? What are some of the responsibilities that they <clears throat> they gave you on those matches or on those game days? Um, so basically, to take pictures of mostly it was pictures and graphics. So for the actual game day, not like anything else. Game day, yeah. Like on the day on the match, you were responsible for taking pictures of the match as it was being played. Yes, mm. match as it was being played. The team in the training room getting ready, doing the stretches. Um, any preparations on uh, game day leading up to the actual match. Um, the posting up the halftime scores, the full time scores, doing the graphics for that as well. You guys did those, all of those, or you yep. guys had to provide the content. But you guys did those as well. We did the mm-hmm. graphics and we posted up as well. Um, well yeah, that's the, a, the that's line a really big stuff. gig. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! It's a really big, like, good yeah. exposure. Huh? Yeah. So. So it's just the same thing that you've been doing with the hunters and the Dabaris. It's just on a much grander scale. So the same systems that you've built in those, like in the Dabari matches, the same things you implemented in the in the Kumuls games. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Trying to trying to implement the same, yeah. but not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still a bit limited. Um, not as much as uh, you know with how we are with the. Is, uh, with the hunters, we just do photos. We just take photos for them and we just supply it and that's we don't do anything else for them. Mm. Yeah, but with the Kumuls, we were given more room to do whatever we want, but we're just still limited within like the timing and all that. Yeah. Okay. So it's just you just have to learn to just adapt to the different schedules yes, yes, yes. and just the different systems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you're doing this like side it's like a side business at the moment. It's not your main um, source of income. Are you planning to go full-time or are you happy with the way things are at the moment? Um, um, so we're planning on going full-time. We're just not sure yet when. I think for us, it's um, we're probably looking at getting at least, at least three like major clients on a contract basis, like a retainer or something mm-hmm. like that, like full-time. And then that would be like a safe safe spot for us to go full-time. Yeah. So when that happens, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So you've set milestones yeah, that but, will help you to determine whether you can go full-time or... But yeah. at the moment, you guys are just happy yes. running at the system and just making it work for you guys. It's just improving it, eh? Yeah, just improving it. One of the things about... Um, niche, niches that I'm learning is that you have to say no. So how have you dealt with people who are not in the rugby space or in the sports space who message you and they'll be like, hey, can you come to our event and take a photo? Do you do other events or anything outside of that? Or are you strictly to... Um, how do you manage your demand? Um, so, like, we have a pool of, you know, photographers yeah. that we all know each other and all that. So uh, when we have clients that are outside of like sports and all that that come in, we we send them to like our other photographer colleagues. That's if we're not like like I'm. I've gotten really picky because of you know being more interested in doing sports. So um, yeah, if we're not too busy, um, sometimes we take we take the clients. Um, if not, we we pass them along to other. We recommend to them like other mm-hmm. photographers who. 
who would be able to help them out. This allowed you to just really focus on what you actually enjoy doing. Yes, because yes. I think a lot of people don't like to say no to work and to to, to clients. Like they just like they will say yes to everything, and they have like a long list yeah. of services. But to meet someone like you who's very niched and like learning that you have to not only have you built like a really good system and a big really good schedule to keep that going, but you also have I think boundaries that you have set to really filter the kind of clients that you want to work with based on your time and your schedule. So, yeah. Do you have any advice to anybody who wants to niche or to find, like, who, like, let's say they're a photographer and they're doing, like, so many things and they want to narrow it down. Do you have any advice for them? I'd probably be the worst person to (laughs) give an advice on um, because it took me so long to... To actually find my niche, I was doing a lot of things because I started like I I picked up a camera in 2013, uh, sorry 14, and then I've been shooting since then up until 2019. I started doing sports, but I still didn't. I still didn't um, like it wasn't a like a decisive thing. You didn't yeah. like this is me now. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So I was still doing all these other things where back in 2019. Even when I started doing sports, I I didn't identify it as my niche yet. So we were still doing a lot, and it was probably probably just last year, just last year that I I started to really realize that. Okay, I'm actually enjoying this more than all the other photography that I'm doing, and it's be- it's it starts to become like easier, and you enjoy it more, and it doesn't become st- stressful for you, and all that. Like that's when you kind of feel that that's your niche, and you you become so good at it at that sp- specific type of photography, and that's when you know that okay, I think this is my niche. Yeah, I. It has to be lucrative as well, right? Like you have to be making yeah. some good money from you, it as you, well. You have to find one that you, you're going to make like, because gear is expensive. Mm-hmm. Gear is expensive. Software licenses are expensive. And then and, our, and our currency is like yeah. not doing well. So. And then the time that you're going to put into learning mm-hmm. that, that specific um, type of photography, like you have to be compensated for that as well. Um, so if you're going to find a niche, you have to at least find one that's going to be, you know, it'll compensate you as well and be able to support you. Um, you can have an interest outside of your niche that, you know, you can, you, you can do the passion projects. Um, but otherwise your niche should be something that would really, you know, help you pay the bills, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like something I've been interested in apart from sports is like underwater photography. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then I have a fear of oh. like the, you know, the deep, the deep sea, the deep sea. So I have to overcome that. Yeah, that's fear where the sharks live, bro. And the big giant octopuses and everything else. The lost city of Atlantis is down there as well. So Aquaman lives there. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to hear that. You know, even though you think that it's not good advice, it's actually great advice because I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to find our one thing. 
and without realizing that we need to actually try certain things and try different styles and different in order for us to to understand just like how you've built your system and your schedule by just trial and error i think finding your niche is the same thing and then lending your dream clients and all of that i think the most most important thing is to find clarity is to get really clear about what it is that you want to do what it is that you're passionate about and what it is that is lucrative and that is sustaining you um, not only like monetary wise, but also like fulfillment and purpose wise. Say, hey, because at, at the end of the day, as creatives, we're people who want to enjoy what we create. We take pleasure in mm. creating this art that we we are doing, and so it's good to know that you. Because I know that a lot of people are struggling to find the niche, and for you to say like, "Oh, I didn't even figure it out. I yeah. didn't even know what it was. I just like went along with it, and then it just became something that was very clear to me and obvious for me to just pursue." So that's it's good to know that you got, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to resonate with that. You may not know it now, but they definitely a lot of people definitely going to resonate, especially in the days where like there's so many photographers now, so many videographers, like everybody's doing the same thing. I think that we're going to see a lot of people start to really niche and find that little pie that they want to excel in. And then we're going to be starting to see so many specialists coming up. So I think you're one of the ones who start. I think it's only you and I think the food, Daniel, the food photographer, that I know who are really like niche people who know. Like Daniel, the food photographer, just takes, um, takes photos of food and now he's the food industry's photographer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, now you're doing sports photography, you're becoming like the rugby photographer. So if other people, I don't know what they're what they're passionate about, but I'm pretty sure there's a sector of the industry that they can just zone in on and just take care of because it's benefited you so far, hasn't it? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah. I mean, there's also others who've already like, they found the niche that I've noticed, like, um, like you have Daniel Walla. He does really nice portraits. Yes. yes. Uh, You have Augustine as well. That does does portraits. Um, like in sports, apart from myself, there's, um, Pilai Pixar, he does rugby and sports as well. So, yeah, it's good to actually like see other photographs, photographers that have found it, found the niche, and are just you know honing their skills in that area. Yeah. What What would be your advice to other photographers who want to come on to cover like rugby? What are some of the things that they need to um, be aware of? Like what's expected of them? Um, firstly, you need to understand the game. Yeah, that's the most important thing. You need to understand the game, how the flow of the game, the rules of the game, because it's everything's happening so fast, and mostly you need to anticipate uh, something before it actually happens. So you need to you need to already know that this guy is going to pass the ball there, or they're going to come and score on this corner and all that. So you need to read the plays. So being in rugby for a while now, like sometimes you already know that they're going to score on this side. They're going to build a play on that side and then they're going to bring the ball back to this side and they're going to score. All this kind of thing. So you need to understand the game. Um, You need to have the right gear. Uh, In sports, you need to have the right gear. Especially for rugby, you need need a fast camera. And you need a telephoto lens. But when I started, I didn't have one. Um, Actually, I did have one. Yeah, no, I did have one. It was a really good investment that I did. Yeah, so I had I had the camera. I started with the ATD, and then I had the. It came with the kit lens, and then I just that was like the biggest investment that I did. I spent like three grand. Wow. On this six hundred uh, millimeter lens, a Sigma. I was like, I just took a. 
big risk and I said, I'm just going to, you know, buy this lens and then force myself into this market. So I did that. I bought that lens. That was an investment that I did. And then I just. How long ago was this? That was in 2019 when okay, I started. Okay, when you actually started. Uh-huh. Yeah, when I actually started. So I bought that lens and then I just showed up at the field and then that's it. Yeah, so it like everything kind of worked out well for me there. Yeah, yeah. it's good. It's good to know that you made the right decisions early on and now you're kind of just paying for it. What is um what is your what are some of your goals for the future now? Um I'd say to be able to to cover the Kumuls like international games as well. Yeah, to to cover the t- the teams international games and maybe also to um cover the PNG team um, taking part in either the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games. Yeah, those are like the next step. Wow, those are like international sports yeah, international events. Sports events wow, yeah. those are good. Well, just seeing how fast you've grown from just the Baris to now, the Hunters into the Kumuls, I'm sure in a matter of years. So very soon I see that we're going to see your watermark on all those big... So keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm, Man, I'm very proud to just call you like a friend. You've done so well. It's good. And this is just the beginning. And I'm very excited to see what else is coming your way. Yeah, I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap up here. Thank you, Trevor, for making the time and coming out of your very busy season that's over for me to interview. And and I'm pretty sure a lot of photographers will relate and resonate with a lot of what you've said. And I'm happy to... like give this opportunity for you guys. I think when I started my artist features, they were all just digital mm-hmm. artists. And now I have the opportunity to like interview like you guys, photographers and videographers and so many other art forms. And for you guys to just reveal what are some of the things that you go through or you've been through to get to where you are now. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of your followers would appreciate you taking the time to discuss this with me, them, us, all of us. Anyway, thank you so much. If you've joined us and listened to us or watched us this far, thank you so much. Please like and subscribe to any of the videos. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Castbox. And yeah, we're also on Facebook, LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, TikTok, and um, Instagram. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening and for supporting us so far. And thank you, Trevor, for being here once again. Okay, I'm rambling. Anyway, to all my fellow creatives, dream big, embrace your weird, and remember all things are possible through those who believe. I'm Shock23, Aparua. Aparua.